0: Um, we're going to kind of dive into our lesson, but it's going to be an interactive lesson today. Um, so I want you to participate. If you're still working on your proverb, that's okay. Just no cheating. Um, it's going to be an interactive lesson today. We're going, to, we're going to talk about what would proverbs say. What would proverbs say? So I'm going to give you some kind of real-world examples and then I'm going to ask you to respond with w- what you think the wise decision would be based on what you've read in Proverbs. So we're going to put our our wisdom to the test, okay? We're going to put our wisdom to the test. And, and we're going to kind of talk about some things, um, as, and hopefully we're going to open up your understanding, and hopefully the book of Proverbs has kind of illuminated some things to you in a different way. All right. So let's say that you are at school and there is um, someone that you dislike, another student very much, you dislike them, and they insult you they 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 insult you, I mean to your face, embarrass you, mock you, make fun of you. what is the proper response, according to the book of proverbs, okay, turn the other cheek that's not in proverbs but but it's there's a principle there, yeah, okay, anyone else have a what, what would you say? Have a, day walk away. Have a blessed day and walk away. Yes. Ignore it. Okay. And Sage is telling me the answer. So why do you, okay, so I think these are good answers, but what kind of, why would you say that that would be the right approach? You now, couldn't you say that that's weak or that you're not defending yourself? Showing that you're a bigger person, that that's proper. You're not trying to start anything there. McKenna's getting closer to what the proverb says. No drama, yeah. Why? Why do you not want to start something? Why do you want no drama? Why? Well, yeah, true, you don't want to get in trouble, you don't want to go to jail. You don't want strife with your brother? Oh, it's kind of close. I'm looking for a specific kind, I don't know where it is in Proverbs, but there's a specific proverb that tells us this. Love your enemies. That's a good biblical principle. That's true. But there is a proverb that says that if you contend or you argue with a fool, yes you become just like them it drags you under and it makes your life worse on a deeper level because you're engaging with someone that is foolish that is foolish so if you if you get in and you so if you, the kind of conventional or the heart wisdom right the, the emotional response is to kind of push back but what Proverbs tells us to do is not to engage, not to get down on that level. Okay, very good. You guys are giving good answers. All right, so now let's say, let's do, go on to another scenario. Let's say you, you get a job, and, and your boss is being unfair to you, not giving you enough money, uh, cutting your hours, giving you the hard shift, giving you the tough jobs, what, what would Proverbs say to do? What do you think? What do you think Proverbs would say to do in that situation? I mean, it's unfair. It's an unfair situation. What would Proverbs say to do? <coughs> Quit. <laughs> Quit. Okay. That's, that's, that's an option. Okay. Well, let's just start with that. What are your options? Quit. Still do your best, and if you're really unhappy, then quit. Okay. Sue sue your boss. All right, get the law involved. Mow him over with a lawnmower. These are all options. These are all options, yes. Pray for God to smite him, okay? Pray for God to smite him. Lord, send down fire from heaven and smite my boss. All right, this is, this, is, this is kind of descending into violence. All right, no more violence. What would you say? I can't hear that. Be gracious anyway. Okay. That's good. Yes. Okay, well, yeah, maybe not. Okay, so, so now let's try to unpack this. All right, so you're being treated unfairly uh, on the workplace. And listen, listen, you're being you're being mistreated at the workplace. The, The impulse is to quit. And what you have to do as a young person that serves the Lord is you have to allow wisdom into your life to say, is this the best thing for me to do? It's just quit and walk away now. I'm not I'm here's here's what I want. I want you to understand in every scenario that I put forward. These are hypothetical scenarios. They're not factual. So there may be differences in a certain circumstance. So every time that you are mistreated at the workplace does not mean you respond the same way every time. But you have to pause and allow wisdom to come into your life because we know that our hearts, the Proverbs teaches us it can be deceptive, that there are many ways in our heart. That there are many, Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like there's multiple right decisions and multiple wrong decisions? Like you just don't know, honestly don't know what the right decision would be. And so that's where wisdom has to guide you and has to lead you. So here's some principles in this situation on the workplace which I think you might be in relatively quickly. Here's the reason why. Because when you get your first job, they're typically not the best jobs. They're not you're not going to go work as a CEO uh, you know after school in 10th grade. You're not going to go work for Apple as you know the chief of marketing uh in a very professional environment right you know On your free time in high school, you're gonna get jobs at fast food restaurants. You're gonna get jobs at car washes or whatever. I mean, McDonald's. And that's a good job to have. But sometimes in those jobs, sometimes in those jobs, you're gonna have coworkers that aren't the best, and you're gonna have managers that aren't the best. You're gonna have bosses that treat you kind of unfairly. So, what does wisdom compel us to do? So if you treat every situation the same and you say, if I'm unhappy at all, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk away. What's going to happen in your life? You're never going to have a job. And we know, actually, I would say the probably the number one thing that Proverbs talks about is slothfulness or laziness. And that laziness leads to poverty. It does not talk about karma. It talks about Slothfulness. It talks about laziness. So if you never have a job, if you never work and you never handle any uncomfortableness, there is a proverb that says that the poor man does not plow because of the cold, because the, now he would plow if the conditions were perfect. He would, he would get the ox out, and he, he didn't mind the work on it when it's 73 degrees with the light breeze and the mosquitoes haven't come out yet. But if there's any problem with the day, the slothful man, the slothful person, is said, I quit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay inside. I'm going to play video games. I'm facing adversity, and so I'm not going to go out there. The day is not perfect, so I'm not going to plow. And then they're sad and disappointed in the time of harvest, when their fellow farmers have all of this crop and they're selling it and they have money and then they have nothing in the ground and they have no money because the day wasn't perfect. So now can you see this principle coming up that if you wait for the perfect job, the perfect situation, and you quit, if the one little thing gets you upset, then you're not going to have a job and you're not going to have a any, when it comes time for needing some money, you're not going to have any, and then you're going to be disappointed. So the principle number one is you're going to have to learn to deal with adversity. So if you're having adversity, the, the, the inclination is to quit and say, I give up. But that's really not wisdom. Now, sometimes, like I said, this is not every time. Sometimes that might be such a bad situation that you can look for another job. But if you just say, if you just quit and say, I'm, I'm not working, and you just go off and you spend a long time unemployed, that's a problem. Now you could look for another job while you continue to. Someone over here said, "Do your best anyway." Well, that sounds more like more wisdom. And say, "I'm going to learn how to deal with difficult people. I'm going to learn how to deal with people that are unfair to me." And then that you maybe that proverbs coming back up in your mind that the Lord sets up kings. So the Lord sets up authorities. And so you could even kind of shrink that down and say that God's in charge of who's the boss. And so maybe God could take care of this. And maybe there's a lesson that I need to learn here. Maybe there's something that I need to work through in my own heart, in my own life. That's wisdom. Is just kind of slowing things down because you realize that there's multiple things going on in your heart at once. I mean, you, you, we have emotions. That's When the Bible says heart, it's the seat of our emotions. And our emotions change really quickly. You feel like, this is what I want to do. And then, whoop, no, I want to do this. How many of you have ever changed really quickly? Their emotions have changed really quickly. You've kind of been on an emotional roller coaster. Sister Nikki's denying it. But I'll just own it. I have been, there have been times I've been on an emotional roller coaster. I think, this is the right way. And then, whoop, you know, sudden turn, and, and then, so your heart, there's multiple things going on in there. So wisdom would say, pause, pause and say, ha, okay, just because this is an adverse situation, is this worth just quitting and going home and playing video games? Because, you know, in your room at home with video games and all your stuff, there's no adversity, but do you really want to live in your little room at your parents' house with video games your whole life? No, so if you, gotta, if you wanna get out in the world, you're gonna have to deal with some adversity. So your first job, you're gonna have some cranky coworkers and a boss that's annoying. That's, just, that's probably just the truth because people are people, especially people that work at uh, fast food restaurants. They seem to be the most peopley of people. So you're just gonna have to deal with it at some level. You know, nothing wrong with looking for another job or a better job, but just don't just give up. Don't just give up. Persevere, even when it's not perfect. Does that make sense? Okay. So now let's let's say that you're getting you're you're getting uh, in trouble at school, and there is one teacher that is constantly on your case. Constantly on your case. I mean, it just They hate your guts, at least in your 15-year-old mind. They hate your guts. They cannot stand you. They cannot stand you. What, What should you do? What would Proverbs do? What would Proverbs do? Well, actually, let's start with what are the available options to you? Serious options, no murder, okay? No murder, no No bringing flamethrowers to school, you know, slipping your bazooka in your backpack, none of that, okay? All right, so this is, this is what are the options available to you? Yes, invite them to church, okay, okay. Quit the class, try to get removed from the class. talk to the principal about it. yeah these are these are all available options yes. okay so try to just kind of try to get through it. try to get through it. deal with it just deal with it. grit your teeth. bring him an apple. bring him a gift. bring him a gift. yeah okay. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't eat it? She thought it was a poisoned apple? Okay. So maybe not an apple. Write them a letter. Bring your parents to the school. To the school. Get mom up there. Get her real riled up and mad. That might work. Okay, so good. So the, these are options. They're all options, right? And, and let, me, let me just say, in certain scenarios, perhaps all of these options could be good or not. But we have to apply... Wisdom. We have to apply. So you. Ha, these are things that you have to deal with. So once again, we come back to you've got to deal with difficult people sometimes. But also, what could be a possibility? What could be a possibility? Maybe the teacher is really against you. Maybe they, he or she, is very difficult to deal with. Maybe so. Maybe they just have a difficult personality. Maybe they have a unfair dislike of you but what could be another possibility yeah it could be there could be something very good dalton that's what the proverbs teaches us is that there could be something in us there could be an attitude or something that we are communicating nonverbally it could be i'm not this is not every time it could be something with us so wisdom would say to consider our own path to consider our own ways to watch the words that we are saying to watch the way that we are carrying ourselves to watch how we respond to correction that's what that's what wisdom teaches us because it's difficult as a young person because you have a lot of different emotions. Now, let me just share a story about a teacher. Now, and, and my situation was a little bit different because I went to an apostolic school. And so all of my teachers were excellent people. Excellent people. Godly people. They were still people. And they still have emotions. And they still have. So, so I'm not. Discounting your experience at high school because there may be teachers at high school that, if they know you're apostolic, they may be antagonistic toward your worldview. So, so please hear me there, and 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 God can apply wisdom in every circumstance. But let me just tell you about my experience with a teacher that she. I, I think, looking back as an adult, she truly did not like me. She really didn't. She had. There was me and my best friend, we were always right there neck and neck for the, for the highest uh, GPA. And I usually, in this small, small school, I usually beat him in every, every class but this one teacher's class. And it, it was kind of suspicious because it was not math or science, it was English and so essays had to be graded based on your feeling, kind of, how well you felt that they did, that a student did. So it's more subjective. You, you kind of, you understand what I'm saying. And so I just, I, I kind of felt like maybe, perhaps, that there was some, you know, some kind of like a dislike there a little bit. And so, but I but I was kind of a know-it-all kid. Have you ever met a know-it-all? Somebody that always is correcting and and that was kind of me. Yeah. So if you can think of somebody yeah, that was kind of me. I was I was the hand-raising kid. I was I was the kid that wanted to be smart, that wanted to be seen as smart, to kind of be in the know of things. And so looking back on it, there was one point because it was small school and so this teacher had me multiple years through multiple grades and there was one moment where I, I argued with her in front of the class over a, a fact about science because I thought I was a really smart science guy. I thought I was like Bill Nye, the science guy. You know, because I'd watched Bill Nye a few times as a kid. So, I mean, I thought, like, I knew a lot about science. And I think that that moment in eighth grade when I was really, really snarky, it, it caused a problem. And she started treating me very hostile after that. Not mean to me, but just kind of cold and hostile. And so I complained to my dad about it. Now, I was right on the science fact. Let's just just set the record straight. I was right. She was wrong. I was such a science kid, I was right. Yeah, I was such a science kid, I was right. And she was wrong. But my approach. So so when I brought it to my dad and I was kind of being treated unfairly, I felt like my grades were even suffering a little bit. And, and, and so I, I brought this to my dad and guess what? He, did he take my side? No, because he turned it right around and he said, all right, Jared, let's look at your behavior. Let's look at your attitude. Let's look at your the words that you were saying. Was that the wisest thing to do, was to argue an obscure point that had nothing to do with the lesson or what we were learning, didn't edify anybody else. I could have let it go. If I was really concerned, I could have talked to her after class. If I was really concerned about this one trivial fact about science that I thought she was getting a little bit off. But I had to say something, and that caused kind of a breach. An offense, an embarrassment, and you know that the proverb says that a that a brother offended is harder to win than a walled city. That if you offend somebody, it's hard to get them on your side. It's hard to get them to be your um, kind of compatriot. And you know, you ha- a teacher and a student is a relationship. It's not like a robotic thing, and we think maybe that it should be like this robotic thing because there should be justice and fairness, but as with everything, your boss, as police officers that you talk to, teachers, people, and authority, that's a relationship between two people. It's a transaction between two people. That's what Proverbs teaches us, and that a brother offended is harder to win than a walled city. And so, this, so I, had, I had to go back and I had to apologize. That's so what my dad made me do, and I didn't really mean it, but he made me do it. He made me apologize for embarrassing and being, but you know what? I apologize, but didn't really fix it because it, a brother offended is harder to win than a walled city, and she was never mean to me, but there was just that kind of distrust, and 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 so small school, I had her all throughout high school, and I remember kind of one of the days that it changed. It was senior year. And I was this class president, and she was our class advisor, and we were planning our senior trip. And we had open campus for seniors, and so we went to lunch at McDonald's, which is in our school parking lot, and we talked about our senior trip. And she thought that it was a meeting and that I was trying to go behind her back because that distrust had been built there. And so she called me in when I was walking down the hall, she didn't have a class, I didn't have a class, I think it was either after school or during a break time and she called me into the classroom, she shut the door and immediately, finger in my face, very angry, saying, you went behind my back You had a meeting without me. Don't you ever do that again. I mean, angry with me. And so what should I do in that moment? Because I wasn't wrong. It was my friends in the senior class. We go to lunch pretty much. There was like two or three days a week we got to go to lunch. We were at lunch. It's our senior trip. I'm the class president. I just said, hey, where would you guys like to go? How could we make up some fundraisers? You know, different stuff like that. It was just like, I thought, very innocent. I felt like, I was right. I felt like I was the good guy and she was the bad guy. I mean, in that moment. So I could have rah, got my finger and then got my mom on my side and then turned her loose, you know, like a, you know, like a pit bull. It's kind of like my mom is, you know, when it comes to defending us, you know, get her good and mad and then just let her go. Rah, 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 rah. You know, I mean, when she's ready to defend us, I mean, she can be vicious. Right, you know, mama bear, you ever heard that phrase? Because if you mess with a mama bear's cubs, right, if you, you just mess with Sage and see what Sister Nikki does, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Like that mama bear, just, rah, you know, just don't you mess with my baby. And that that was my mom. So I could have done that. But you know what? Thankfully, my, my dad's voice or some wisdom that I had, got to, I don't know if it was the book of Proverbs, but something just came over me. A soft answer turneth away wrath. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And I said, I'm sorry. It will never happen again. I didn't mean it to look that way. And she's, I mean, she was shocked. She was shocked. And she like kind of stepped back like that and said, uh, it's okay. And I left. Now, I wouldn't have always reacted that way. And and because someone was there to teach me and someone was there to help me. Because the natural inclination in here was to respond, I'm right and you're wrong. You're misreading this situation terribly and falsely accusing me and calling me in here without any witnesses and pointing your finger in my face. And I could just list off all the different things that were wrong with that situation. But you know what? That healed it. That healed it. I don't know if I ever won highest GPA in her class, but it didn't matter, that healed it. That healed it. And you know what, later, I became her coworker because I was hired as a teacher for that school. And we are friends, as far as I, I, I like to see her, and she likes to see me, and we talk to each other. And she gives me a hug, and like I'm her fellow student, now I'm her fellow teacher. And it just... it God healed it. Because there was really no evil intent. It was just people being people. It was just feelings being feelings. Now sometimes there might be people that really have it after you. But always a soft answer turneth away wrath. So when you get... Po- you're, there someone points a finger in your face. And says you're... A soft answer turneth away wrath. You see how wisdom can bless your life? You see how wisdom can open you up? Now... If if you get really mad and you burn bridges, you never know when you're going to need these people again. When you might need somebody's help. When you might be their coworker one day. When you might walk into a job interview and there's somebody that you offended and that you stirred up and that you got real mad at and then you might need them. So you see how Proverbs blesses your life? If you just apply it. So slow down, pause, take a deep breath. And let wisdom kind of settle into your life. And say, what, what's the wise thing to do? Yeah, I still get to see her. She goes to my home church. So when I, when I go back, I see her and we speak to one another. And, and I was, ended up being an English major in college. And so I, would go, I went back a couple times and had her help me on some essays and things. So, I mean, I, it, just, it just healed it. It just worked. Because it wasn't, wasn't, I could go the conspiracy theory route. Because probably the truth is, is that I didn't earn, ever earn, to be highest GPA in her class. Because my friend is an English teacher now. He was a much better writer, and he was a very fast reader, and had a very good memory. He probably earned it and beat me. But I could, because it looked fishy. I could go to the conspiracy theory, and then become bitter and a victim, and it wouldn't help me. Because really, what good does it matter? I don't even have any of those little paper awards anymore. They said, hi, CPA, and whatever. I mean, I mean my mom might still have them, but I don't. They don't. I don't look at them and get any pleasure from them, right? Because it doesn't matter that much. So what matters is, you know, walking in your integrity, okay? One more, last one, then we're closing. This has been good. You guys have given good answers. And this is kind of a, the same theme. But what happens... When somebody sits you down, and this could be a parent, this could be a teacher, this could be a pastor, a youth pastor, a friend even, and they sit you down and they tell you something about yourself that is, that they say you, you need to change. They say, you, and you have this attitude, or you need to fix this, or you aren't doing this right. And what, what's what's your initial response to that? That's what I would say. What what would you say? Just say okay. So kind of maybe ignore it. Okay, ignore it. Like whatever. You're just you're a hater, you know. Turn to burn. Okay. Anger. Yeah, mad, mad. So you could you could get defensive, like Sister Hannah said, which is that's my response. List all the reasons why it's not a problem. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not a problem. You're misunderstanding. It's not a problem. I, I. This is why. Given maybe an excuse. That's the number one defense mechanism. Change the subject. Change the subject. Yeah. In the weather nice out here. Yeah. In the weather nice. Um, take, okay. You could listen. You could take it into account. So you could get angry. You could get defensive and make excuses or you could take it into account. Yeah? Just walk out. Okay, so I forgot yours. So ignore it. Just ignore it. Get mad, and and kind of, like, maybe listen to them, but, like, ignore it in your brain, like, oh, you're just, no, no. Or argue, get defensive, make an excuse, or you could listen. Now, what would proverb, of those options, I think that's those four options are the, are the, are the, the great scope of them. Of those four options, what do you think Proverbs would want you to do? Learn from it, yeah. Pray about it. Okay, so I like both of these answers because what Dalton brings up is you have to consider the source. You have to consider the source. You have to say, who is this person? What is their relationship to me? How much have they invested in my life? And is their life something that I want to imitate? Is their life something that I want to imitate? Now, Sister Nikki had to go through this in high school very aggressively. And I had to go through this in college, sort of minor aggressively. But teachers that were good-hearted trying to talk us out of going to IBC going to Bible college, what we felt like God needed us to do. I went to IBC after secular school, and but I had professors that wanted me to go to graduate school, thought it would be foolish not to, because I could get scholarships, and then in like they knew I wanted to be in the ministry, and they thought the only way to be in the ministry is to get a master's degree, and then get plugged into one of these big denominational churches where they pay benefits and have salaries and all this stuff, and you just kind of move right on up like any other career. And so I had, so he's sitting, he took me to Starbucks, and I'm sitting across the Starbucks table from him, and he's giving me advice. And he's kind of, not really, but kind of c- correcting my plan of life. I have to consider the source. Is this somebody that I want to be like? Is this a life that I want to imitate? Forgive the personal references, but I just know my life better. Consider the source. Do they? Does he understand? Sister Nikki had to look across the counselor's desk and look at the lady that's telling her you're making a bad decision. You need to make this decision. You need to go to accredited school and just get this and do this and move on into this kind of career. And you have to look and weigh the source. So not every correction that comes, Brother Dalton, I like your answer, not every correction that comes is right? There will be some correction. And Proverbs teaches us that, that the fear of the Lord is better than all of the counsel of men. Yes. That if you hear from God, then it doesn't matter what anybody says. Literally everyone could be stacked against you. And, but you better know for sure in that moment that you've heard from God. And then, you, and then you, the, the wise thing to do is to be strong. Now, always be polite, but to be strong and say, no, this, this is the path I'm going to take because I've heard from God. But if you look across the table or across the room and the person that is giving you advice is somebody that you want to be like somebody whose fruit and a life looks good to you and their heart is where your heart is and they're on the same path and then they're telling you something so a personal example would be when brother mooney called me into his office and gave me some very tough advice and said jared this i want to be a good pastor to you and i can't be if I don't tell you these things it's hard to hear hard to hear and I could make up all these kind of excuses and reasons why he was wrong but I had to look across and look at the kind of person that was giving me the advice and say well I want my life to look like his in a lot of ways I I want the fruit of my life to be that and and so this is somebody that I can trust and I can listen or when my dad tells me something. Or even now when Sister Nikki tells me something. Hey, you, you were you were taken wrong in that way. You, you you were rude in that context. I can look, and I still want to get defensive, but I can say, does she have my best interests at heart? Whose side is she on? Well, she's always on my side. She well, no, she, she, because we love each other and because we have a trusting marriage, we're always on each other's side. So I have to consider that very heavily, even though I want to get defensive sometimes because she's for me. Now, some person that's on the street that I don't know might tell me something like trivial, like I really hate that shirt, you know, but I'm not going to take that into heart because it's just somebody, it's just some dude at school. It's just some person thinks, you know, whatever. So your friends at school could tell you advice, probably not who you need to listen to. You know what I mean? But when mom or dad sit you down, you need to weigh that advice. Now, not every time. If God has spoken to you as you get older, there might be something that you have to have that conversation with your mom and dad. This is what I'm feeling and help have them help you pray about it. And God can open up their heart, too. You know what I mean? Especially those of you whose parents aren't in church. You have to understand God's going to call you to do things. Those of you that have parents in the church, you are so blessed and you need to treasure that as a as a resource for your life. My parents have helped me so much. But if you're if you're growing up in a home that that's there, your parents aren't serving the Lord, you still need to honor them because they they are for you. But maybe they don't see what God's doing in your life and in your heart. So wisdom would say, I'm going I'm going to yield. I'm going to submit, but I'm going to stand firm. And I'm going to look at my heart. And I'm going to look at my motivations. I'm going to bring that into my life. So you, under, you, you see what I'm talking about? Wisdom slows things down. Foolishness speeds things up. Foolishness reacts quickly. Knee-jerk reaction on your emotions. Wisdom pauses. Consider your own ways. Consider your own heart. So we want to live with wisdom. Amen. <laughs> Jesus